Well, welly, welly, welcome back, ladies and germs, to another yet exhilarating episode of Set Stories Podcast. I'm talking to my microphone. Um, and with us, we have uh, Miss Hootie. Do I need an introduction? Come on, Charles. Yes, you always do. <laughs> We're all that important. Um, and John, Mr. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Scott, uh, who did set today. Johnny Tsunami's here. Mm-hmm. Gets to work with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Kurt Russell in their new movie. To be honest, oh, I wish. Wait, what? <laughs> what? What have I missed? What is this? <laughs> wow. Thanks for that. He's overselling me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, yeah. well th- there goes my intro. Yeah. <laughs> John, he'll get. He he's he ditches. He's he's not with us sometimes. So we have, we only yeah. Yeah. But more importantly, with us, we have another actress, a good, very good uh, friend of mine, only because she decided to come on the show and trust us. I'm just kidding. Um, Miss <laughs> Nia Miranda. Welcome, Nia. Hello. Hi. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm happy I can come and kick it with you guys today. Nice. We're so happy to have you. On the real, it'll kick in later. We'll be exhilarating. It's showing inside. <laughs> 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 uh, but. Mia, what's up? Um, please tell us about yourself and uh, why you decided to do all this and get into acting. Um, well, I am an, what I call myself is an archivist. So I choose to use art, acting specifically, um, and filmmaking as my way of activism. And I think I've always kind of had that. It's been like, I've always had a strong point of view. And so I realized at a very young age that a little girl with a strong point of view, people might not hear it, but if you put them in front of a screen and they watch a film, they can listen to your message. And so I decided to become that type of transcender where I would put my messages in my art and I can still get my point across because I wasn't a little girl that was gonna be shut up easily. (laughs) Oh my God, I, I love you like already. Like that is so beautiful, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have to use it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You have a great voice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know what? I started off singing. Um, singing was like my first love. And I don't know, singing is such a precious thing to me. Like, I love to do it, but I, it's like that Erica Badu thing. Like, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my, you know? So when it comes to singing, I get a little more sensitive about it when, um, when it comes to acting, I can just completely give in to a character, into a story, into an experience and not be inside of my mind about it. So, yeah, I, I do love music, though. Nice. You can do musicals. There you go. Product placement. Hire me for, next <laughs> Hire me for your next musical, yeah. even if it's on Zoom. <laughs> How fun would that be? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Um, so did you grow up? Um, are you from here? Did you grow up out here or? No, I um, was raised in Detroit, Michigan. So I'm from the D. What up, though? If anybody mm-hmm. listening. Um, yeah, from the 313. And Detroit is just such a, it's such a, how do I describe Detroit? It's a great place. It's so full of talent, raw talent, you know? Um, it's a gritty place though. And you have to get it how you live and you have to work hard and you have to grind and you have to, you know, see things that may not be around you. I was like visualizing palm trees in the middle of a blizzard when I was in Detroit, just hoping to get out here, right? Oh, because man. it's a what complete different experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
yeah. I always tell people I'm happy I'm from Detroit. I wouldn't want to be from any other place, but I am also extremely happy that I'm out here in Hollywood living my dreams. That's what's up, girl. Mm-hmm. What is, that's what's up because like honestly like what that's why I came like I grew up in the desert and um in Arizona and um okay. you know I, I was like god I would love you know one day be out there but I tried to make it in Arizona because like it's so glamorized in Hollywood you know um you know the life of what it is to work in the in the film industry or what it's like to like be a movie star or something and sometimes I can get a skewed until you're actually in the in the nitty-gritty and you're like mm-hmm. wait a minute yeah, I went to film school and did all this. Learned all yeah. this to be a sandbag on a sea. Hey, you saw my meme, dude. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you study anywhere? Did you go to school for for art or or anything? Yes. Yeah, so I did not go to school for art. I actually went to Michigan State University for two years. Um, I was in their Lyman Briggs program to be a doctor. Ooh. And yeah, and um, it was from my parents, my father specifically, he's a Nigerian father and he's very much so either you're a doctor or you're a lawyer or you're not successful. I was mm. like, okay. Wow, <laughs> trying to meet those standards. <laughs> Let's try to meet those standards. Let's try to play that game. And um, it didn't work for me. I did it for two years, but I realized that I would show up to my class like late or I would be in my pajamas or I would ask people to take notes. And then I got um, cast in a film and I was like the first person on set, the <laughs> last person to leave. Like, I'm like, like oh, that's what I should be doing. I should be doing this. I shouldn't be going to these classes. I should be on somebody's set. Because mm. that's where your passion was. That's where you're like, I want to be there. Yes, that's where my passion that was. That was a good sign. You showed up on, you showed up early for a set, but didn't show up earlier on time for school. <laughs> I left because I wanted to just start to act. And um, I have not went to like um, an accredited school for this, but I am currently studying at Richard Lawson Studios for acting. And I took like a film class there. Mm. And it just, it broadened my horizon of just how much I enjoy this, you know, this Mm -hmm. field and how deep I'm willing to go to stay in this field, so. And with your activism mind, you know, the way you want to get your voice out there. Um, I agree with you. Acting, in my opinion, visual content and audio content, but if you can see it and hear it, that's the best way to get to people, in my opinion, especially nowadays. Um, right. Nobody reads books. <laughs> I, I tried to force myself, especially during this time, like you're in the pandemic, you should be reading. And I've tried to force myself to read. I've read a little bit, but mm. not as much as I've sat and binge watched TV shows. <laughs> well, Me too. We're all guilty of that. Right, yeah. but that just showed me how like how powerful our industry is. Like yeah. when you think about when this pandemic happened and everything shut down, like it was tons of people who couldn't watch sports. It was right. people who couldn't Ooh. watch all the things they love to watch. And who came to the rescue? Yeah. The creatives, the yeah. filmmakers. We yeah. came to the rescue to keep people happy during this time. So yeah. we're yeah. pretty yeah. much superheroes. The pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, it even goes to show that people are still shooting stuff right now, even though technically we should be locked down. But, you know, um, they said like, you know, hey, people are going to get, you know, antsy and, you know, uh, start to break uh, protocols if like there's no material to watch. That's so true. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I never thought about that science. Hey, there we yeah. go. We're, we could be saving lives. Hey, man, you, you don't want to watch Shit's Creek Girl. for like the sixth time. You want something new. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. That's what's up. Um, so let's get into El Seto stories, of course. Um, what you got for us? Or, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What I got. We'll put you on the spot. 
Here's what we do. <laughs> or give us your set stories. Usually people are like, I have set stories for days. And then we're like, all right, cool. Come on. You know, mm-hmm. or just, you know, sometimes coming like, oh, wait, uh, hold on. I'm just <laughs> I, you know, me. I, I do have some set stories for days, though. Like I I've had I can say this for majority of my acting experience. Majority of my set stories have been really good, really fun. I've created relationships with people that I still keep in contact with today. And even the ones that were not the best, you mm-hmm. know, it was a learning experience and I still keep in contact with those because you know, you never it's know. Yeah. Right, it's, exactly. it's a movie. Um, what led me out here to LA, I was cast in a film back home in Detroit and I did a series with these this group of people. And um, I it was like my first thing coming back from Detroit. I went to Atlanta for a little while, came back to Detroit and I'm like, okay, well, I know that the scene, the film scene here is not at all what it was in Atlanta. It's not mm. at all what it's going to be in LA, but I'm an actress and I must act wherever I am. So we'll figure <laughs> out who's here working and I'm going to work with them. Mm. And the experience level and the set etiquette I noticed was a complete difference because you're working with independent filmmakers who are just kind of creating as they go. They, they study films they study series and then they create their own, but they don't know about crafty services, you know? And for me, I was taught that even if you can't pay your artists or you can't pay your crew, you feed them well. You yeah. make sure Amen. they eat. That's like the rule of thumb. Yeah. And to go on a set and they're like, okay, so what do you want from the corner store? Mountain Dew, Hot Cheetos, Doritos? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. So, Doritos. At, at least you got that option. Sometimes they don't even feed you. Well, oh that was God. because people had been working for well over, like this isn't union or anything. So people have just been working all day long. Oh, Stomachs no. are growling, so yeah. you can't get Looking audio hangry. right. Yeah. You know, so hangriness is really starting to set in and yeah. When I notice it, I'm like, okay, you don't want to be, because I'm a down to earth girl. So it's like, you're not trying to be the bougie girl on set. How and ever, guys, you cannot feed us Mountain Dews and Doritos and expect <laughs> us to give you our best work. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Especially if you see like an $80,000 camera. Oh, gosh. We're in front of a red. We're in front of a red with the best, like, you know, lenses and stuff, and people's stomachs are gr- screaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That oh. has never made sense to me at all. Whenever I show up on a set and there's only, like, we said this before on the podcast, like, there's only one sound guy and five pers- five people on the camera team. Yeah. What's going on here? And then, like, you know, Crafty could be all donuts. Yes. well you know that's donuts are never a good crafty that's <laughs> not at all it's, don't it's gonna make you half. very lazy <laughs> don't cut the donuts in half trying to stretch the donuts out yeah <laughs> will come and tip the table over yeah. <laughs> well it's not a food that gives you energy it doesn't give you any energy it, like it's the exact opposite of that it slows you down it's for horrible. sure the thing is, it's like, if you're creating, it's like common sense, like, yo, you don't perform, if you're, if you're putting all this money into locations, into your red camera, into all mm-hmm. this, it's like, bro, you want your best performance from people as well. Yeah. What you yeah. The best performance is to make sure they are fed and that they have the energy to perform well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just like kind of common sense, but, yeah. oh no, we need the camera. We need this. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the next time they don't have crafties and you see the red camera or any kind of expensive camera, to start taking the camera apart and eating it. 
<laughs> this is, I got Tapatio. I'm going to have. <laughs> but you know what I actually did do? So instead of me making a fuss about it, the very next day, I came to set with a cooler and frozen fruit and my smoothie and I start making people smoothies on set. I'm like, this oh, is wow. what you need. Like oh, you need to God. be energized because I can't work alongside you like this. So here, here's a smoothie. Needless to say, I was cut from the film. <gasps> and- <laughs> Probably for being good. Wow. She, she, oh, she cares no. too much about yeah. our crew. Now they're gonna <laughs> expect that from us. That's what not taking over Crafty over us. <laughs> Seriously, that's what yeah. happened. They're like, uh-uh, she's coming in here and she's gonna change the mindset of all these other actors. They're gonna expect oh, certain things. Oh. Let's get rid of her. And so I was like, okay. Well, if I can get cut off of a film in Detroit, I might as well go to LA and get cut from Steven Spielberg or something. Like, let's take it to the top. Yeah, yeah. at least you know the crafty there is good. Exactly, at least oh I'll be gosh. fed. Yeah. And so I moved out here within like, I wanna say 40 days of that experience. I was in wow. LA. I came uh -huh. out here, quick. visited for a day and I was like, okay, I found a school. I'm like, I can study here. This could be my community and let's just, let's just bet on yourself. The weather's better. <laughs> so much better. I can skate year round here. Right. Like I'm so happy. I'm always out here outside skating now and oh. Detroit is full of snow. Yeah. So I can't believe they cut you from doing something good. Yeah, they That's did. That's unbelievable. It's like <laughs> told me I needed to humble myself. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, what's his now name? What's the what's like the producer's name? Right oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. It was I I promise you though, as insane as it was, I'm so grateful for that experience because I um I would have probably made myself stay in Detroit longer because I was working and in my mind like well as long as you work in front of this camera whoever is on this crew you get this footage and take it to where you need to go which it it actually did work some of the footage that I got from them I've been able to use out here and nice. um it's been beneficial for me but it was like I literally was prepared to send this guy like an edible arrangement once I got out of here. When I got out here and things took off like they did, I'm like, thank you for cutting me from that film. You're my best friend. Thank you. I'll sing you yeah. roses. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for him, they would, you wouldn't have been pushed. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. how you yeah. took that. Yeah, you turned it around, turned it into something good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, you have to. You have to, be an alchemist. you have to be an alchemist in this game. You have to mm -hmm. use every single experience and change it into mm -hmm. something that can fuel you because especially if you plan on being in it for the marathon and not the sprint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Very yeah. well put, yeah. Um, that's funny you said because I actually got cut from a film when I came out. I don't know if I shared this before, but um, I quit my job at Staples. I went to college. I graduated. Um, I didn't do film. I was trying to make it in film, but the film in Arizona was really not there. But um, a buddy of mine at the time, whom I kind of mentored for years um, as a, when I was shooting short films at DP and he was lighting, he called me and said he was shooting a feature and he needed me to, to be the gaffer, the lighting guy. So he was the cinematographer and I'd have been gaffer. And he's like, yeah, you know, we worked together for years, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, um, I did everything and some that he wanted me to do on set. Um, I did camera and lighting because uh, he wanted me to operate camera and do lighting by myself, do the lighting by myself. Um, and apparently he uh, he called me, like, I quit my job. Um, and a week later, um, he was like, yeah, like, this was a practice shoot. You know, we're going to start the real shoot in about a week. So on the practice shoot night, we did everything. Um, 
apparently he, he wasn't very happy with me, nor was the director. And apparently nobody else was, which was really shocking because, you know, I was getting along with people there and I was talking to him. Mm -hmm. um, I just think he kind of had a resentment and he didn't like me at the time. But I called him like, hey, I didn't get the call sheet. You know, where is uh, when we shoot? And he's like, yeah, you're not on the movie, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's like, Jesus. nobody like you. I didn't like you. What? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was, really, uh, I mean, it was. It was weird. I was like, Wait, no like, other what? explanation. Like yeah. a why? Yeah, he was. I was like, I was running. I remember I was running around doing the lights. He was yelling at me a lot. It was a boxing movie. Um, it was it was very, very, very low budget. Mm. But um, yeah, I remember I just quit my job. And I'm like, bro, I quit my job. I got nothing. man. He's like, whatever. And so I was like, all right, I've been, I mean, I've been jostled around in, in Arizona um, a lot, quite a bit. I even left an email and I would put this on a podcast. I left an email for the community out there because I work in the Arizona film community, which was very small. I put an email out there calling out the people that actually jostled me, that used me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, look, guys, like this, I just, I was like, I've been out here doing this stuff with all, all you guys. I know you people, some of you are cool. Some of you aren't, but, you know, you guys need to really reevaluate, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I kind of called them out. The next day, I woke up to 600, like over 600 emails. <laughs> wow. I was done, dog. I was like, I'm done. I'm like, I, I, it was, I, there was many times where they would hire me and then they would be like, oh, we don't want you anymore. Oh, my God. Gonna go with <sighs> someone else. And I was like, but I, you know, we planned this. Like, I've helped yeah. this one kid, like, plan a short film, like, shoot it shot listed and everything and he's like i want you to shoot it and then he was like you know what i can't hire you but i still want you on set <laughs> like sure what? and that never happened so that, anyway. oh my god a bunch of liars all this all yeah. this is like addition like recipe to come up with the podcast. yeah <laughs> well i'm so happy that you were hired on the set that i met you at and that you uh -huh. did get the job because it was a great experience working with you oh my god yes the butterflies movie we still got to get uh, uriah yeah you're right you're right oh you guys know uriah nice yes, i love uriah he's dope he's, he's awesome dope. yeah he i love uriah i i liked him um before i even uh, met him all through texting i was like this guy is super nice he's mm -hmm. like me he texts back He's like very proper with his texting. I'm like, oh my God. Like when you meet someone like that or meet someone like that, quote unquote, yeah. like it's just, and then I met him and he was super cool. And I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. It's so refreshing. It it's really like, is. yes, yeah, agree. How did you get that? How'd you get that, uh, the job on the, on the movie that we worked on? Did you audition for it or? I, it's so play? funny. Um, so Uriah met one of my friends who studied at Richard Lawson Studios with me. And I believe she was supposed to be in the film originally, but she ended up going out of town and she wasn't gonna be able to do it. And so within, I wanna say maybe two weeks before we start filming, maybe two, um, she reached out to me and was like, hey, it's this film, I can't do it. Nia, would you do it? Wow. I'm like, well, let me check it out. And so I checked it out. And I'm like, oh, you know, a queen PM from Chicago? Heck yeah, like, that sounds fun. I can be talking some good trash. I like that. And so- that so much, girl. Oh my God. <laughs> and I like, I, like, um, I like historic pieces, like time pieces, because you mm -hmm. get to really go into that character and play around. And I felt mm -hmm. like I should have been probably somebody's queen PM from the 70s anyway. So you, let's do you it. the role. I love that. <laughs> I love the look of it. That opening shot was really good of the baseball bat. 
Thank um, you. It, it was. The details was really good. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Like it did, we didn't skimp on the on the small details. Ugh, just having the crew. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know? And it the really locations made, were really well. The, the locations, locations made were, a difference. Yeah, location, location, location. Yeah. We did um, have an interesting screening, shall I say. It was an interesting screening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Zoom screening. Oh, I hate that. Especially, like, as far as, like, shooting it. You know, you want to see, like, the whole, the full potential of the look. Oh, goodness, oh. guys. We had a screening over Zoom. And, I, and what's interesting is I actually suggested the screening. I'm like, we should still see a screen and we should see each other. Like, this isn't cool. I don't care about a pandemic. We <laughs> To see the work, yeah. yeah to, to see, see the it. work. And so, um, so many interesting things happened from that screening that will probably go down in history as one of the funniest <laughs> days I've ever had in life. But as the, like, as they were preparing us to see the film, we were talking and everything. And then it's time to see the film. And all of a sudden, you know, you see the cam camera from the computer moving. I'm like, mm -hmm. what's going on? Aren't they going to share the screen? And they weren't able to share the screen. So they had to use their yeah. camera on the computer and face the TV for oh us. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm calling like, I can teach you how to share your screen. Just do this, do this. It didn't work. Oh, but no. it was fun because it was an interesting experience. Um, my family who were who was new to zoom they kept popping in while we were looking at the people <laughs> so at some points in time you're seeing my grandma in the bed i'm like oh no oh my gosh my, family, my, cousin, <laughs> my cousin fell asleep at the end of the movie with his zoom off of mute and he's snoring loud oh and it was just like God. no one knows oh, my Lord. cousin there you go charles i just gave you something <laughs> And I was just sitting there, the first snore. I'm like, oh, that's my cousin. Oh, no. yeah. It was just funny. You it was really <laughs> This sounds like a movie, like a comedy it, scene from another movie or something. That's so it funny. Is. It's a comedy it. series in itself. <laughs> nice. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I remember that night. I remember I was like, wait a minute. It was tricky for a while. I'm like, I don't think we framed it like this. Like, oh, the camera. Oh, no. I'm like, okay, I see what's happening now. Has the movie been released yet or? It has not been publicly released. Mm -hmm. However, someone did hit me in my DMs about putting it on someone's, on a platform. So. Oh, um, really? Yeah. They no. saw, I guess, um, like the trailer and they thought it would be a cool film to put on your platform. So that's cool. That's nice. It's nice. good recognition. Did, um, did you work on anything, uh, anything else prior to uh, to butterflies? Um, any play? Because I thought it was a play or something. I was like, oh, you guys are all established like play actors. Because you guys had to memorize those lines, man. Yeah. I remember. We did scene. have to remember. It was so many things we had to remember. Um, I had no prior experience working with them specifically, but yeah, I had. I've done many of plays. I've done um, some web series, and I've done you know some of the reenactment shows on how to, um, on what, ID Network and TV One. That's kind of where I started to get the first footage for my reel. You were on TV? Yeah. Mm -hmm. which, uh, which TV show? So TV One, I was on Hashtag Murder. I feel like it might've been like episode 103. Hashtag um, Murder. I was on Homicide Hunter, season six, episode one. And I did Murder Chose. Murder chose me. I was on there too. I don't know. I got my the beginning of my career. I was dealing with a lot, obviously, because I was like a sexual assault survivor, a, 
um, I, a domestic mm-hmm. violence um, mm-hmm. survivor, a couple of things that started in my beginning of career. And so I tell people all the time, my reel is the perfect trailer for like a Law & Order SVU series. Like, <laughs> I can just be planted in SVU because I've done so much with it. Or a lifetime. <laughs> or a lifetime. Oh, and Lord. sure enough. Yeah. You're on the that, lifetime movies. I, I haven't done lifetime movies yet, but I, I, I probably should because I have yeah. a reel for it <laughs> at this point. <laughs> we, we speak highly of the lifetime movies, but hey, they begin some good actors sometimes. They do. They and they do. get a lot of work and they make money. They do. They do. And yeah. that's what, I mean, as an actor in this field, you want to work and you want to make money. So mm. yeah. If you can book it, do it. Um, yeah. Just recently, I booked my first network. Um, I got a co-star role on NBC, Peacock's new show, Rutherford Falls. Oh, and nice. I worked alongside Ed Helms, who wow. was really cool. He's such a cool guy. Nice. Um, and funny, funny too. Like, I can see why the hangovers were so funny. He's <laughs> really a funny guy. And yeah, that was cool. That was, I filmed that actually um, on my birthday. Filmed that on my birthday, and it was my first time filming since we had been in the pandemic. So just dealing with the COVID test and, you know, Mm -hmm. wearing the mask. It's not as fun as set used to be. I used to love coming on set because it was like a playpen for all of us creatives that we get to do talk and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I tell people, like, this is my escape from life. Yeah, (laughs) we all have to eat separately now. It's like we can't talk and everything. It's like just random hugs and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. like this industry, I feel because you have to, especially with actors, you have to tap into certain truths about yourself that you're you have to be vulnerable. So you get to meet people and you become friendly really quickly in this industry. And so that exchange is lacking now because you can't really have that experience it's like do the work and go to your trailer yeah exactly i want to do my work and then go to my trailer <laughs> i want to play you good stuff I'm, I'm doing some uh imdb um yeah holy crap you got out here what six years ago what is dpd echo one that was a series that was created in detroit um it was like stabbing victim. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at myself, stabbing victim, victim, sexual assault survivor, oh, domestic God. violence, um, assault victim, uh, mm-hmm. all of it. It just was crazy. Did you have to fly out there for that? Yeah. Was, was that the shoot that you were talking about, the first one? Uh, oh, no. Nope. Uh, I was um, already out there for that one when I did that. That was during that stint of me being in Detroit. And I'm like, I'm going to act. I don't care who, as long as your camera is good, I'll be in front of it. I don't care. <laughs> like, just have a good cr- a camera so I can use the footage. Okay. Damn, that comes up. That's apparently a pre production. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did they shoot it and then forgot they shot it? I think so. (laughs) Or they forgot to update it on the IMDb page, which usually happens. It happens so Uh, often. um, Can I ask you something? This is from our our one takers. I was on the the movie I worked on you with, the the 20, we had to shoot a whole scene, literally in like 20 minutes. I was so impressed by all of you guys, all the actors by hitting the marks that was some like literally some like Alfred Hitchcock like rope shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> it but was. It was like I swear to God, I remember the camera only could run for about fifteen to seventeen minutes, and I remember I'm like, they're still going, and <laughs> you guys have to remember all those marks. Can you? 
Can you explain a little bit on how, on the, you know, just that experience on memorizing on the lines, hitting, hitting marks, the, you know, because people think sometimes I get the idea that actors are, oh, to get an Oscar, I got to cry. Uh, oh, no, whatever. no it's fine. not that. It isn't. But it's like, well, you know, that's, yeah, but there's also other things, you know. Technical like, things. Like, technical yeah, things. blocking, exactly. timing. Exactly you know being in the you know being in the moment and yeah I, I remember like that was like the most impressive can you explain just you know how how you feel about it or what or anything that was a moment that you're you're right I was impressed with everyone and I was really impressed how it came out because I know the time that we were working with was very small um when you know your character like if you really have done the work you've studied you know your character. I was in character when I got this script, I stayed in character until we filmed. So I was wearing an Afro for two weeks. I had the Chicago accent for two weeks until we filmed. So that when I got on that set, no matter what happened, Peaches could be the person to respond to it. Mm -hmm. So that was the character's name. So um, I think as an actor, our job is to be 90% in the work, but we're also always supposed to have that 10% that's conscious of the technical parts, the technical, the blocking or continuity. Like, I know we had a slap scene and I'm like, okay, oh. remember that scene? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that one now, I almost broke, but I quickly got, because I slapped, when I slapped the girl, right? I tried to do a stunt slap. Like I didn't yeah. really, and she is one of those actresses like, no, I need you to slap me. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I gave her another one and we're working on real tight time. She's like, no, I need you to really slap me. Oh my oh, gosh. Okay, well, this is the third time you've asked. So I'm gonna slap you. And I hit her and her head was this close to hitting the piano. <gasps> and so the, the other actors that we were working with were her actual siblings and they were also playing her siblings in the um, film. And so of course they came to her rescue as this is my sister mm -hmm. and I wanted to go down because I just saw it, but I had to stay oh, in character. Stay I was like, yeah. don't so play with me. You know? Your crappies giving smoothies making upset. <laughs> and then the directors are like, all right, back to one. Right, well <laughs> after that slap, they were like, I think we got it. That was wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's our job to understand the technical part of this craft. It's that's mm -hmm. our job. It's not just the acting. It's not just you know using our emotions and our experiences. It's also professional to know where your one is and to remember which hand you slapped with and where you walked from there. You know, like that's important. And you can't always expect someone to be on set that's paying attention to con continuity. So as an actor, you have to pay attention to that as well. Um, and I just think that just separates professionals from those who aren't as professional because creating a film is such a collaborative effort mm -hmm. that we all have to be on point for it to really be a successful production, I feel. Yeah. So I just try to do my part. I've can I just say like I've never heard an actor say that and I have like so much like thank you for saying that because like usually actors don't think about that or like they don't they don't say that to like other people and like yeah. 
it's it's really 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 hard to be an actor to be an artist like because there's so much that's going on in your head and you have to do all the stuff that you just said but at the same time like not make it look make it look so easy because you're just acting right yeah you're you're not you shouldn't that shouldn't be all on your face <laughs> and um it's like that's that's one reason why i want to be, be a director i love actors i like i like look up to you guys so much you guys are like the bravest people on the planet i feel hey um, here's my so my thanks thing. for saying that because <laughs> that's awesome yeah have you done any um, activist kind of movies or do you have any like scripts that writ um, written kind of pertain yes. to what you want to really do or what, like the stories you really want to tell? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, over so over the summer, I um, went viral for standing up during the George Floyd protest. And um, I don't know if you guys saw the video or not, but it was two women who was spraying BLM on the side of a Starbucks. And then it's this girl who comes with the Afro and she's like, don't do that. That was me. What? Um, yeah. What, what is this? And it went, it went very big. I was on TMZ, ABC News, Forbes, just like. What? It was the first time that I completely gave in to my complete purpose is what I'd say. Like being an actor and sharing stories, that's my purpose. But the archivism and actually doing the activism part over the summer, I was able to get that opportunity. You know, I, um, being a black woman, I've always grown up understanding that there are race issues in our country. It's like, you can't deny them. And I thought that if I was born back in the day with Martin Luther King or, you know, Malcolm X, I would have been marching with them. I would have been doing yeah. this. And then summer of 2020, I got the opportunity to show up for myself and show up for people who have been, you know, um, treated wrong. And that video that I did was another reference point for me to understand how important film is. Because the only thing I did was speak up, which is something that Nia would usually do. And I had my phone filming because that's what I usually do. But the power of that film and how many millions and millions of people saw it and how people all over the world was reaching out to me and how it sparked a trend of people now stepping up and speaking up and stopping things that they see if they're not going on. It just really just further ingrained that there's power in film, regardless mm -hmm. if it's on your phone or if you're behind a red, it's power there. Yeah. So um, I have a few scripts that's coming up the pipeline that is specifically geared towards activism. Um, and it's touching on different subjects from racial injustice to, you know, the Me Too movement. I got a very good series mm -hmm. pertaining to the Me Too movement, what I really love. Um, I created it in class. I had a filmmaking class called PDP. And when you're done with this course, you have 10 short films under your belt, three minute or under short films. Mm -hmm. And I created a film called The Player Slayer and she is like um, like the, the woman extraordinaire. She does all, she cooks, she cleans, she has a husband, she's in love and has a child and all that good stuff, but she's a vigilante by night. And so those high profile Fortune 500, um, Hollywood execs, those oh. people who have been getting over for years, yeah. she seduces them and then she slays them. I love right. it. <laughs> oh, here take my money take my money right now right now oh my god i love that we got yeah. specific stereotypes of uh 
Hollywood executives and politicians. Oh, I have specific people. <laughs> and it's funny because um, what, what I plan on doing is, of course, I'm not going to use these people's names, but you'll oh, know who they are. Like if I'm in the park. Like if I'm in the park and I'm singing and I'm in like a cheerleader's uniform because I'm really in high school and a ball head man comes up to me and says he can get me a record deal and he loves music and then he puts me, he traps me in a closet. Who are we talking about? <laughs> I, I really hope that didn't happen. No, yeah. but it, it has though, with this guy specifically. Wow. He has, you know, shows about it. And you know, so yeah, just tackling those subjects. I think that since I have played so many roles as survivors or victims, the one thing that I, I know that they don't get is real justice all the time. And I'm not speaking about justice that's given through the government, yeah. but sometimes I want you to feel how I felt. I want you to lose what I lost. And the only time we can really play in that world is through film. So, mm -hmm. and storytelling, and putting, storytelling. It in, putting it in story. That's yeah. all relevant. You know, that's the whole reason, whole reason why I started literally doing this is use it as a tool. Literally, it's like if you have a voice you know, use video to transcribe it or something, you know, some mm -hmm. people write it, but I'm with you. Like, I, I think, you know, videos and sometimes nonverbal stuff can say a lot like pictures, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. um, but for something to be like that passion, like shit like that and stuff like that comes out, you know, you know, it's, it's good because it comes from like, I'd say everything that we make that we write comes from your experience, your personal experience, something, no matter how weird it is, mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion. And I think the better stuff comes from that. And plus that has, I would say a lot. Yeah, I could see, uh, yeah, I could see how that could be good. Yeah, I'll have to send you guys my, um, what is it? It's about a little under five minutes now, but my five minute trailer to what it looks like. It was actually burst out of a project called Sex and Sensuality. And we had to tackle sex and sensuality in this class. And um, at that point in my acting career it was like such a taboo for me I wasn't really tapping on and I'm like wait a minute what do you mean sex and sensuality what are you talking about here sex and sensuality but I found looking at my list of assets and liabilities I found where sex and sensuality and um being vindictive and how all of that can play into create this cool little you know gumbo of storytelling well, this was in a film class too yeah a film class. wow I, I wish I took that class. That seems incredible. Yeah. That's it such really an amazing theme program. to tackle. Wow. Especially for, a, for women. And what's so interesting is that specific, um, that specific week when we tackle that, throughout the history of this course, that's where a lot of people drop the class. It's so interesting. Wow. People uh, are afraid to tackle that. People are afraid to see and to be seen. You don't and want to, to feel that part of them themselves. Yeah. It's, it is scary. It's scary. Wow, I never thought of that. Yep. Pushing that far. Well, that's the yeah. shit that needs to be out there. Literally, the stuff that they're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. It's like, no, America trains you to make this uncomfortable. We have to be. We have to recondition that. We do. To be educated on it, you know, and to analyze what kind of what kind of problems it's causing and how yeah. to solve those problems. Because yeah. uh, if it's pushed underneath the rug, bro, like you can't do that. Which is why we do film, literally. Like, if you have an iPhone, you know, like you don't need a Alexa with all this crap. You know, that's where some people stop. They're like, "Oh, I got a great idea," but they stop at, "I need money," and it's like, "No, yeah. bro, yeah, <laughs> you just gotta do it. 
you just have to do it. That that film I did all on my phone with a ring light. Um, I filmed in Vegas. My locations were amazing. Now, it was guerrilla style, right? So I'm That's in <laughs> I'm cool. in SLS hotel mm-hmm. with a ring light, and the security is like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> I'm like, "Well, I'm just using my phone. I just want good pictures, right? Just whatever yeah. I have to say to get the shot." But yeah. I created it, and it's in a hotel with here in Vegas hotel. Oh my God! I, I have, have to send it to you guys. You'll be amazed I, at what I created with a cell phone. Oh, <laughs> oh I would love I, to see it. That would be great. Um, I'm surprised you they let you in there. I, I have a few experiences filming in Las Vegas hotels with a phone with a camera. See, the phone the wasn't the problem. The it Ven- was the. You went to the Bellagio and the Venetian. Oh, you were daring. I used, to, I used to work for a production company that shot random videos. One of the random videos we did shoot while we were in Vegas at NAB, an association of broadcasts, we shot a music video called Hooker with the Heart of Gold. I, like, this is just two years of me working for this company, shooting and editing. And this guy was so crazy. He hired this girl to like be a hooker. And we shot a music video, like just a B-roll. And we went to the Bellagio and the Venetian. And we were literally like hiding behind, I felt like security, like like a spy, but I had to get a good shot with the camera. So, you know, put on a disguise and place the camera on, a, on the table, press wow. record. Yes. And it as you know, oh like, you know, what are you doing? Nothing. That was um, me, that's how, that's how I learned how to make film, by sneaking in a hotel with <laughs> cameras and shooting music videos about hookers from an old 40-year-old guy who's producing it. Oh my god. That, well, at least at least the actress could like cuz she was playing a hooker, right? So she was dressed provocatively. Thank God it was filmed in Las Vegas so she can blend in with the crowd. Right. Cuz that that wouldn't have worked in LA on the streets. Well, um, some parts of it, but you know. Someone <laughs> following a camera with it's like, "Wait, what are you guys Wow. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the worst part would be if like someone actually came up and asked her like, "Oh, are you working right now?" <laughs> it's like, "What?" Get it on film. Get it on film. Well, I, I had one too that we were doing a um uh, a film a short film about like a homeless guy and like the homeless situation mm-hmm. so we were filming them on the exit of a freeway and then all of a sudden someone's driving up and they handed him twenty dollars and like we wow. had to give it back to the driver we're like no, no no we're shooting a film he's an actor right and oh, they, they really thought he was they like homeless. you guys yeah. were honest jeez well, well yeah. we had to be you know we'd feel bad if like we took someone's twenty dollars it turned out it wasn't him now what's so interesting is I would have kept it and let me tell you why not because I just I mean I probably did need $20 but (laughs) because um in the same film program Mm -hmm. we had a assignment called a public character Mm -hmm. and we had to go out in this character and completely commit to it no matter what happened you know you had to commit so um, I went out as a Black Panther, like this revolutionary Black Panther. I had an Afro. I went to like Simply Wholesome and I was just walking up the street. It was around Martin Luther King Day. And I was just like, what did you do for Martin Luther King Day? And people were like, nothing. And I'm just laying down facts and everything. And they're like, how long have you been like this? Where did you come from? Whoa. And so I messed up because someone asked for my Instagram and I gave it to him. But before then, Mm. They were like completely invested. Like 
so much so that the guy was on the phone with his mom like mom we have to start doing things for black history month and we have to do this yeah, and it's right. like it's awesome. you have to commit because you don't want to rob that person from their experience like right. he probably thought or whoever gave the 20 was like i'm doing a good deed today like yes yeah. <laughs> like oh shoot i guess i wasn't doing that good of yeah. you know? well the nice thing is we we pulled the driver to the side gave him his money back and explained to him like what we're doing and he's like oh what are you guys filming so that at least the director kind of like told him what we were doing yeah. And like, you know, the, the, the guy was like, oh, that's really cool. And he goes, uh, let me get the title of the film, you know, so that's I can cool. Later. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Be happy said stories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, like I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking talk about producers and music videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, set is a life in yeah. itself, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have a funny set story um when i was on the set of tv one hashtag murder i was filming in knoxville tennessee mm -hmm. and they had us film at this like rundown trailer park kind of place it was just like it just was not a place that i would usually ever be at <laughs> and mm -hmm. the people were still living there and so we had to film there for two nights and the first night I was headed to um, filming and I looked to the left and it was like the woods. And I saw all these little green eyes oh my gosh. all throughout the woods, like Whoa. hundreds of them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what the heck is out there? The people from the trailer park, they, fit, they fed the raccoons hot dogs every oh. single night oh. at the same time. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. For two nights in a row at 8 p.m., the raccoons will come from the woods and literally come up to the people's front, like little area to eat hot dogs. They only ate a specific brand of hot dogs and they <laughs> said they had been doing this for over a year. Oh, man. Could you imagine what's going to happen what? if those people move? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? They're... It was crazy. Those raccoons were treated better on set than the actual actors who got they no are, crap to eat. At least they got fed. Yeah. <laughs> a specific brand of hot yeah. dog. That's and insane. they would start to scream or whine, like make these noises if the hot dogs weren't out in time. And I was just like, you couldn't make this up. I'm like, I, what? Exactly. Wow. How do you do this? How? <laughs> Raccoons are the That's worst crazy. animals to give food. They rob you. They do what you just said. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that was an interesting. I took a video of it. I always like like all these green little eyes. It was so creepy. I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> yeah, that would they just started popping up. Like, like yeah. yes, like, oh, baby God. raccoons yeah. too. Like, like I don't know if horror movies start. <laughs> That would have been a good start of a horror movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the, the, one day, the no more hot dogs. What happens? Yeah. <laughs> the raccoons will probably tear that place up. I could imagine. They've been being fed for over a year now. Well, over a year oh, now. They still live there. The revenge of the raccoons. Coming soon. <laughs> no hot dog is safe. <laughs> oh my god, there's way too many. What's the people? Oh happen? man. <laughs> oh that's so funny that's destroying the ecosystem <laughs> you're disrupting right dude that's not that's no joke they could probably that's why like they you know do not feed wild animals like there's a reason mm. oh man they do can't get near tortoises but another situation where you have to feed raccoons right it's crazy oh man places, though, go there. I, bet, I should be like a theme park 
<laughs> really, seriously, it could be. Like an event, like Aurora Borealis, and then after Aurora Borealis, the raccoon feeding hot dog <laughs> festival. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, did you have anything from, usually I'll pull up something, but this time I'm just going to ask you straight up, since I sent the list of set story topics, um, which we, in the beginning, we were actually going to, the idea was to have like a specific topic on set stories, but um, we decided to make it freestyle. But you were talking about developed relationships, and that was one of them. But since this is a, I feel like, like probably the most positive set stories episode we had when I'm talking about destroying sets with the stinger. Um, do you have any, um, any interesting or good relationships to share from any of your shows? Um, cause you're on, you know, your IMDb is really impressive and you talk about going to a trailer, um, mm. and you worked with some pretty known actors. Um, have you developed any relationships now that you guys like, still talk or you guys follow on Instagram or something? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel that whatever set I'm on, I'm there for a reason. And I'm usually there to have some type of exchange or experience with someone. I'm huge on building my relationship map because you never know who you will come up against again, who you would see, who's going to be in the room, you know? And so I'm just, I've always looked at um, finding relationships that can be genuinely created on the set. The, all of the IMDB stuff pertaining to um, the TV one and the ID network and those things, that was all relationship map building. I booked the homicide hunter one time. And based off of that interaction I had on the set, the producer and the director reached out to me on multiple occasions like, oh, Nia could do this or Nia could do that. And so I stopped auditioning for their things and they would just call me, bring me in and I'd stay in a hotel and just, oh wow, you know, yeah. And just off of just having a good, Good attitude. Um, I, I believe attitude monitors talent. And you can have all the attitude, I mean, all the talent in the world with a piss poor attitude and you will not get booked. Mm -hmm. But you can have just some talent and have a great attitude and people will make ways for you. Mm -hmm. And so I just always believe to have both so that all the doors can open if I'm rocking with both, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, that one for sure. And no, I Honestly, like just uh, with your personality and, uh, you know, knowing that um, I totally agree. I hire people based off of their attitude over, mm -hmm. um, you know, if they know, you know, if they know their, if they know their shit or not, because I can just train them. You can train someone, you can tell, you know, if they're directable uh, or directable, um, coachable, can't talk. Um, you know, if you can, they're coachable and have a great attitude, hey, you know, you're good in my book. Um, cause and an open mind, because if you yeah. have an open mind and you're willing to learn new things. Mm -hmm. And like, honestly, like, on, well, like what you just said, like, that's the first thing that I think of when I, when I want to call someone or like hire someone is like, how were they on set? How was their attitude? Are they like approachable? If they're not, I don't want to work with them, even though they know, they know how to, what to do, or they have the Alexa, what I don't care. But you know, like if they don't have the, Charles, <laughs> the Alexa's a good camera though, but if they don't have a good attitude or if like their personality isn't down to earth or what have you, I don't want to work with them. I don't really care. Yeah, because in this industry, for the most part, you can, depending on what position you hold, you can pick and choose who you work with. And we've all had like nine to fives and stuff where you cannot choose who you work with. <laughs> and it's some people who make the environment terrible. So yeah. I just always choose to be that light, no matter how gloomy something is, no matter how thick the conversation may be or whatever the subject is, like to just be that light because you remember those experiences. And um, yeah, I, oh, another relationship one that's really good. So 
also along with me coming down here, I reached out to who was my virtual mentor at the time, just because I followed her on Instagram, the casting director, producer, director, Twinkie Bird, who's a very known casting director. Um, and she's like cast some of the like historic films, Fruitville Station. She found Michael B. Jordan. She wow. found um, Omari. Like she is the person who found these people who we now know and have household names. She started with Ryan Coogler with his first film and stuff at USC. So she was like that person. And I followed her on Instagram and I reached out to her like, hey, um, I'm going to move to California. I need to study. Show me where I can go. And so she told me about Richard Lawson Studios and I started there. My very first weekend moving out here because our exchange had only been via social media. She's a big casting director. So my first weekend moving out here, um, I reached out to her. I'm like, hi, just thank you for, you know, your advice. I actually made the move. I came out here. I'm going to start studying. She didn't respond. So she posted something on her IG stories saying that she was um, filming. She would be directing a music video with an artist named Drew Vision and his manager is looking for PAs. So if you're interested, go to the manager's, you know, whatever and sign up, whatever. So I'm like, oh this is my chance to meet Twinkie. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I reached out to the manager. I'm like, hey, I just moved here. I'd love to be a PA on set. I booked the PA gig. I showed up. Remember, this is my first weekend in LA. I showed up to set. Twinkie was there. And I'm like, Twinkie! Like, Hi, darling. Do I know you? And I'm like, you do. Let me run down the story. And so I just kind of ran down everything. And she's like, hold on you're here now I'm like yeah you told me where I should study and I just moved she's like so you moved I'm like yeah and she's like so how did you end up on this set and then I told her the story and she's like oh you're a peacock okay I'm like yeah I guess I'm a peacock she said you know when there's a room full of pigeons and pigeon coops there's one peacock that stands out and they will go that extra mile and that has no problem to show their colors and everything mm -hmm. and you're that person and I'm wow. like, you're wow. right, I am. <laughs> and since that day, when I say me and her relationship, that's like my big sister. Um, she And it's it goes so much farther than the industry. Like I have a genuine love for her. And as she continues to move on through her career, we just, we're connected forever because she's a part of my LA story. Um, my husband and her fiance, really good friends. Like it's just, it's become like, kinship now it's, it's become family just because I I took the chance I took the leap I went on her set I helped so much that they only booked me for one day the very next day they said Mia can you please come to set again we'll pay you double if you would just show up you helped us so wow. much wow my first job. weekend in LA first, bro. Wow. Like, yeah yeah so I just I believe that relationships can be created on set just by being someone who you want to be around yeah and reaching out not, not being afraid to reach out oh because yeah. that that's tough too it. Yeah. It, it is you'll be getting shy and from some yeah. people are like producers they're like they you know they get it all the time you know from people like hey i'm this i'm that you know um but but your approach with the energy and plus you had a story to back up it wasn't just like hey i'm just i like i like your stuff here's yeah. my card you know what i mean <laughs> And even with, I have these like 
metallic nails on that she liked so much and I they were press-ons she didn't know it secret. <laughs> and so the last day on set like I brought her a pack of nails like here your next red carpet wear these you could be fly or whatever <laughs> and she's like thank you and it wasn't like the greatest thing about me and I've, I've learned that this is um just an asset that I have I have a pure genuine heart it's not like I'm not putting anything on. I'm not trying to be nice. I just am because I love people and I love this, this craft. I'm a people person and I tell people stories. The best way for me to tell people stories is to actually meet people and to be empathetic of what they have going on and to really learn what makes them tick and all those things so I can use it whenever I may need it. So just genuine relationship building. Um, I've been able to do on set and it's actually worked out a lot for me. Oh, wow. That, that's really cool. Um, but I mean, that's, that's a wrap for today's episode, guys. I hate to oh, say it man. because oh. Nia, you're, you're <laughs> such an amazing person. Like, I feel like we've had a lot of great guests on the show and most of them, like, I don't know. They're like Charles's friend or Jonathan's friend. And I'm, I feel like so lucky to like have met you and like all Thank our guests. You. Cause like, you're so down to earth. I feel like you and I have the same mindset so we should we should work on a movie soon yeah, together. I think, you know, right, right, we yeah. absolutely can. Uh-huh. Let's let's do this. Um, but seriously, thank you so much for taking your time thank and you. being on the show. <laughs> yeah, trusting Charles. Podcast. Well, yeah. But do you want, do you like, have you have an Instagram? Do you have social media? People could check you out on IMDb. Um, yeah, and anything to shout out? Anything that's coming out that you can promote? This is your time. Yes, um, definitely follow me on social media. My name is Nia, N-I-A underscore Miranda, M-I-R-A-N-D-A. And um, I'm usually on Instagram, Twitter every once in a while, and Clubhouse now. I've been having some fun on Clubhouse. So if you're on Clubhouse, join there. Um, also, uh, you can find my IMDb on, on IMDb. <laughs> Nia Miranda. <laughs> and um, check Very my website by the way. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, my website, www.bringinglove.back. It is my production company where I just, you know, create films and unique events for the Black and Brown communities to create togetherness and empowering our communities. Um, and last but not least, if you're into raw, you know, urban culture series, check out my series um, on Amazon Prime and also on Tubi. It's called McGraw Ave. McGraw Yep, the character Danielle. And I have a few choice words in this. Um, <laughs> so it would definitely be a different Nia than what you see here. And I'm really proud of the work I did on that show. So check that series out. Actually, Shaquille O'Neal said it's one of his favorite series. Wow. Really? Oh, I'm definitely going to check it out. That's yeah. cool. If you were interested in The Wire, like, do you guys remember The Wire? Yes. It gives you those kind of vibes. So check it out. Wow. Nice. And Tubi's free. Yes, Tubi is free. Yeah. Nice. Oh, my God. That's so amazing. Nia, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being on once again. Thank you, Charles, for getting her on the show. (laughs) My my pleasure. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's honestly, we work. uh, It's like it's a community thing. Like, we all have a voice. That's what it is. We all have a voice. And that's why, um, you know, I, oh, we wanted, I wanted set stories, but more or less a podcast because the voice is the most important, you know, and like Nia, like Nia says, um, you know, she, she found an outlet to express her voice 
you know, there's an audience for it. People are going to, you put it out there, they shall listen. So this mm-hmm. is another venue to do that. Yeah. Take Amazing. <laughs> Start your own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my God. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you know, obsessedstoriespodcast.com. Everything is on there. If you guys uh, enjoy our merch, our Instagram is set underscore stories underscore podcast. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next week uh, for our finale. Next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, bye, guys. Hey, the last one. Bye. Thank bye. you. Thank you.